Happy Bruise Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. for joining me this week. I have an absolutely amazing episode planned with a super cool person that I'm very excited to speak with today. Before we get into that though, I just wanted to make a quick correction from the last episode. Um, As you all know, last episode I spoke with Anne from the Brewers Association about the Great American Beer Festival and its virtual experience. Um, Let me know how you guys enjoyed that because I absolutely loved it. Um, I made an incorrect statement at the end of that episode and I apologize. Uh, So what I said was that craft beer breweries were required to have that seal from the Brewers Association to be considered a craft beer brewery and that is incorrect they are not required to have that it is an option and they can get that from the Brewers Association directly if they choose Uh, more information on that can be found on their website which is the it is brewersassociation.org and it has all the information about that how to be a part of it and all of that good stuff so my apologies my bad thank you all for bearing with me Um, And then we'll go ahead and get into today's episode. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of Zooming with Marcus Baskerville. He is the head brewer of Weathered Souls Brewing out in Texas. He is a super cool guy, but uh, most of you will know him from the Black is Beautiful campaign. And that is, I'm sure you've seen the cans everywhere. The black is beautiful with your local breweries. And if you don't know what this campaign is, I will go ahead and talk to you about it. So I'm on the website right now. And black is beautiful is a collaborative effort to raise awareness for the injustices people of color face daily and raise funds for police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. It's a really incredible collaborative effort that was started, and Marcus is at the forefront of it. Um, It's taken on like wildfire, which is really beautiful to see. All of these amazing breweries taking it on and just really being the trendsetters for this amazing movement. So I won't tell you too much because let's let Marcus be the expert on this. So go ahead, have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Thank you so much for coming on to Bitch Beer Podcast. If you could please um, introduce yourself and tell us what you do in the beer industry. Yes, ma'am. My name is Marcus Baskerville. I am head brewer and co-owner of Weathered Souls Brewing Company in San Antonio, Texas. That's awesome. And so I... I am super excited to have you on. Um, So a lot of people will recognize you mostly from um, the Black is Beautiful campaign that has been going on. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the Black is Beautiful campaign and how it got started? Yeah, so I guess there was a couple of catalysts that led to the uh, fruition of the the initiative within itself. Um, One of the main things was my ride to Dallas-Fort Worth that weekend before we launched it. And listening to Brianna Taylor's mom uh, speak about the um, chain of events that of how she found out her daughter was murdered. 
Um, and then another big influence was listening to a lot of the protests on my way back from Fort Worth. Um, so I was actually having a conversation with uh, Jeffrey Suffings of Jester King that weekend and kind of talking and conversing about race relations, Trump, you know, politics, all that different type of stuff. And I had sent them the mock-up label of the Black is Beautiful initiative, or at least what I was originally going to do as far as like a standalone beer for the brewery. And he basically challenged me to turn it into a collaboration. Um, and so I was like, you know what, Jeff, that's a fantastic idea. And that's pretty much where it started. Uh, so what the Black is Beautiful initiative is, is was a war was a call to breweries to participate in a collaborative effort of brewing a stout. Um, and then taking 100% of those proceeds from the stout and donating it to charities, foundations, organizations that support equality, inclusion, and social justice. Um, so, so far, it has definitely transcended past the uh, local or even just the United States in that sense, as we've had over 1,170-plus breweries in all 50 states. Um, I think we're in 21 or 22 countries at this point. Wow. Um, it's transcended into other industries, including the distilleries, liquor business, uh, coffee companies, wineries. Um, so it's definitely uh, still has a lot of momentum and, and still continues to grow as the initiative still continues to kind of chuckle. Wow, that's incredible. And being in the position that you are with your brewery and everything and being able to do something with your platform is really, really incredible. Did you think that it would grow to be this big? Never in my life. So <laughs> I think originally uh, it was supposed to be around 200, 250 breweries. That was my personal goal. Wow. Um, and then we ended up reaching that within, I think, the first two days. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, after that, I, I kind of knew that it was going to grow into something a lot bigger. Um, and then especially when some of our partners started contacting us, for support, like Stout Collective and uh, Sam from Other Half reaching out and offering up all his resources from the All Together initiative um, to assist us and stuff like that. I kind of realized that it was kind of going to be bigger than what we originally thought. And Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing so far. Wow. Oh, I, I'm, it's so incredible. I mean, so many breweries here in Atlanta have like really gotten on board and done so much with it as well. So it's really incredible and inspiring to see it. And when breweries get involved with the Black is Beautiful campaign, what are the requirements of the brewery for them to get involved? So the requirements of the breweries are obviously to get signed up and use the label that we provided that showcases, you know, the, uh, the colors of black um, and how they kind of link together to form one image. Uh, donate 100% of those proceeds uh, from the uh, beer itself. And then the third most important, I think is the most important aspect of it, is think about the long-term goals of what you're going to do past the beer, past the donation. You know, you don't want that message, um, you know, the, the work that you put in to be lost. Um, so it's what are you going to do after the fact? Right. What are you going to do to continue to contribute to the cause, to contribute to equality, to contribute to inclusion? Ask, you know, just making that one donation and saying I did my job. Uh, it's more so that continuous work to be made uh, within the industry, within your actual physical community, that uh, is the most important thing to be done. That's incredible. And I think that um, I 
think that's really amazing for all the breweries that have done this to get involved and get involved in their local community. And um, for them to, if there are breweries out there that want to still get involved, how do they find information on how to get involved? Uh, so if breweries still want to get involved, uh, you can go to blackisbeautiful.beer, mm-hmm. uh, get signed up there. They can also, I think my email information is there. They can shoot me an email, get information that way. Um, our events email uh, that uh, Kimberly responds to. That's another way to go ahead and get information uh, into regards of the initiative. But even with that, you know, we look at how many breweries are actually physically in the United States, and we have over 8,500 breweries, and we only have 1,700 breweries involved. So, wow. um, or 1,170. So, we definitely still have a lot of room for people to join in, contribute, um, you know, kind of get in where you fit in. Like I said, the initiative is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, you have distilleries that are going to release versions of it two, four years wow. from now. Um, you know, uh, breweries that are doing barrel-aged versions of it. So even if you were to brew this beer a year or two from now, it's still, you know, helping out the same movement, still building communication. We know inequality is not, or inequality is not going anywhere anytime right. soon, right? So, you know, whenever you can... Yeah, whenever you can actually join the initiative, get in and support, you know, we'll, we'll welcome you with open arms. I know that a lot of people have things going on with COVID and uh, their production and stuff like that. But, you know, dealing with the importance of what this initiative is about, I think everybody should be getting involved. And then also, you know, dealing with the um, the uh, different companies that have involved themselves to alleviate some of the costs for these breweries are really important. So you have anything from DSG, YCAs, you know, White Labs, uh, Midwest Barrel Co., uh, Creative Mango for Label. Um, so there's different ways of alleviating American canning for actual the actual canning processes. So, I mean, there's tons of different ways to alleviate some of those costs that a lot of people were worried about associated with brewing the beer. Um, so, you know, those are ways to help actually get involved as well. Wow, that's really incredible that so many different organizations are getting involved and getting on with this project so it can so it can happen. And I think it's great that, you know, they're barrel aging and that some distilleries are getting involved because that just keeps the momentum going. Um, exactly. I, I think that's so incredible. And do you see this being um, something that is ongoing that just continues? Um, yeah, I, I definitely hope so that this is something that continues on. I mean, we were just uh, talking about planning a uh, block party with the Spurs for uh, Black History Month next wow. year oh, and implementing awesome. the, the Black Beautiful Initiative into that. Um, you know, there's uh, in talks right now with different distilleries and stuff about releasing uh, whiskey or bourbon barrel bourbon uh, versions of it. So we're definitely hoping that this momentum keeps going and that the initiative pushes continually over the next few years, at least, to kind of keep the, the message and conversation afoot. That's incredible. And then ever since uh, ever since Black is Beautiful got started, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen so far? Um, so I would say some of the um, programs that are actually being created um, and then you look at a lot of the attention that a lot of um, African-American people of color, uh, other brewers are starting to get. Uh, you look at the influencer influence aspect and a lot of the media attention and, and conversations that they're getting. And, you know, you look at prior uh, to the Black is Beautiful initiative, a lot of these things weren't happening. 
So I think the biggest shift is that people are recognizing that, you know, black people do love beer and that there are black people that are involved in the industry and people of color that are involved in the industry and that they do have something to offer. And we're starting to see that a lot more with people giving them those chances to, you know, offer up what they hold dear within the craft beer industry. I mean, you look at uh, Shannon Harris up in Austin and his whole um, Kickstarter campaign for Urban Jungle. Um, you know, that would be the, the second black brewery in, in the state of Texas. Um, but just the momentum that he had, uh, you look at uh, people like uh, Black Beer Travelers getting involved with Jägermeister. Uh, you got mm-hmm. Black Beer Chick getting involved with the Cicerone uh, um, industry. So, I mean, you know, you look at those different type of things that are happening for those individuals. And typically, you know, a few months ago, we wouldn't have seen those type of situations. Um, so I definitely say that would probably be the, the biggest shift that I've seen as far as the influence that the initiative has kind of uh, had. I mean, we just had a call with, it was us, um, Shalanda, um, Eric uh, Johnson, and uh, Crowns and Hot, so Benny and Theo, oh, and we had a conversation. Yeah. yeah, We had a conversation with uh, Budweiser as far as ways that they can contribute back to the uh, black community and contribute uh, to involving more people of color, black people within the brewing industry. And then you look at the program that they just came out with. Now, mind you, they might not give us credit for that, but that's something that we had, you know, something that we had major influence in in bringing into fruition for them. And the information that they gathered, they actually went and ran with it. So you look at the new program that they have for, uh, I'm sorry, one second. Nick. I can tell them to turn off the fans, but um, you look at those type of situations where now industries are looking at us as consultants um, as far as different ways that they can go ahead and contribute and then taking those actions to further it. So, you know, I would definitely say those are probably some of the biggest changes that I've seen that the, the actual physical initiative has made for individuals. I think that's really incredible because I, I did I've seen it everywhere with Budweiser and their new initiative and everything. That's really incredible that you were able to be involved and inspire that. Well, we will give you credit. I will give you credit on bitch beer. So if anybody ever <laughs> asks me about it, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's because of Marcus. So <laughs> that was all. Uh... <laughs> that's really incredible. I mean, just to have so much influence in the industry like that, especially with Budweiser, just really. Uh, just them as a big company, like taking the initiative to really know that something needs to change about the industry. And that's, I, that's really cool. And of course, you know, the craft beer industry has gotten so divor- diverse, even since I got it, got involved a couple of years ago. Um, but what do you think are some other things that could improve in the craft beer industry to kind of make craft beer more accessible and more like um, inclusive of people of color? I think the most important thing is ownership and decision-making. So, I mean, you look at, uh, obviously, there are black people within the industry, but a lot of them are bartenders, you know, uh, sellermen, things of that situation. Not a lot of them have decision power making, you know, within the beers itself, decision making within the brewery, but then also the ownership aspect. So you look at 85 different, 8,500 different breweries within the United States, and there's like 60 black owners. So, I mean, you look at those numbers, yeah, you look at those numbers and, I mean, what real change can you have within the industry? Yeah, you can go and hire a thousand black workers into craft beer right now, but if they don't have any decision-making power, if they don't have any type of ownership, then what real change is that actually physically making within our industry or making at at all? I mean, you know, that's 
I mean, obviously it's providing jobs and, and, and having faces, but those real powers and the real uh, way of making actual changes is to have those decision-making powers. So, like, for instance, for me, I have 100% control over my brew board, right? That's so any beers that are created, labels, names, whatever the case may be, is, is completely 100% my influence. Now, you know, there might be times that I might let, you know, one of my staff members or somebody like that name a beer because I, I don't want to. But on the other, <laughs> end, the other end, if I want to go ahead and be like, oh, I hate that name, I'm going to change it to this. You know, I have that, that power to do so. And so you look at situations like that, that's what is the most important thing is to have those, those decision-making aspects to be able to make actual change within the industry. So, I mean, you see a lot of the pop culture stuff that we do uh, related to black culture. Um, so, I mean, the Chappelle references and the different hip hop references. I mean, you know, we have slide Nipsey Hustle references in. Yeah, um, I, I saw mean, that. That was so cool. <laughs> and, and yeah, different little things like that. So, you know, that's all the influence power that I have based off of the position that I've created for myself here and that the, the power that my business partner has allowed me to have. Um, so those are the more important aspects of how we can actually see physical change within the, the brewing industry and just industry as a whole. That's incredible. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on this, especially like the influence that you have in the industry and in the market. And I like just congratulations on everything so far. It's really, really huge. And I'm super happy for you and for everything that you've been doing. And, you know, thank you for bringing so much to light on this. And it's really inspiring to, you know, the, to see everything that was that, that has been happening and has happened for a while and see you just really take that and do something about it to, to invoke change in the industry. And I, I think it's really, really inspiring. So I really am just so appreciative to be talking to you about it and get your perspective. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think like I look back and I've been fortunate enough in the brewing industry, right? So I mean, most of the instances of racism that I've experienced in the industry haven't been from industry folks. It's been, you know, I've had a negative experience with a customer oh. or I've had, uh, but it hasn't been many. It hasn't been to the point where it's this hearing, you know, right. it's been, you know, those occasions that you've had. So like we have an older couple that's a regular at our brewery, right. but we had uh, at one time it was my uh, brewer's assistant was black. I'm black. And then we had a black bartender and they would get the three of us confused all the time. Mind you, the three of us look nothing oh, alike. I'm like, like my, nothing alike. My Besides head is in my skin hand tone, right now. Right? Like. Besides the skin tone. So if, I mean, one day it was like, I literally had to say something to them. It was like, look, like I appreciate you guys' support, but I'm just going to let you know, like all black people do not look the same. Perfect. <laughs> like, right like and just and just went about my business because it was like i you just cannot continue to call me matt or steven and i look nothing like matt or steven but you have those situations i had a situation when i first started out in brewing and was an assistant brewer and uh i remember this lady asked me she was like what do you do for this brewery and i was like i'm one of the brewers and she was like there's a black brewer in texas <laughs> so you know situations like that but from my peers in the industry, you know, it's been all respect. And you look at how many people have involved themselves with this initiative and how many people have wrote letters in support or just emailed me, text me to show their support, anything I need related to the initiative, they're here to help. So you see those aspects of it. And 
and you know that the industry, you know, as a whole, uh, really supports what we're trying to do. And uh, you look at the industry and how many people are involved and how much commerce is being moved. And the brewing industry is literally making history right now. I don't think we can look back on a time in history where there's been 1,100 plus separate businesses to join in for one cause, supporting equality and social inclusion, and then, you know, donating money towards that. I mean, the amount of Mm -hmm. commerce that's being moved, the amount of uh, businesses, I mean, yeah, we're breweries, but these are all separate businesses. So you look at that, the commerce and the amount of businesses that are involved, we're literally making history on the social justice equality front. So to be able to be spearheading that and then also be a part of an industry that I'm really proud to be in and and then spearheading that and running with it. I mean, you know, that's the most humbling thing and the most amazing thing that we can look at. It's really incredible to see it and so inspiring. And it's just uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing to see. Um, And I'm glad that it's that it's ongoing and that it's going to the momentum is still going on it. And what are some other ways that people can get involved in the Black is Beautiful campaign if they don't have like a brewery close to them that's brewing it? Yeah, so if they don't have a brewery that's close, um, they can go ahead and sign up on the website. So the Black is Beautiful dot beer. Uh, we'll actually be sending out newsletters and stuff like that for uh, ways that consumers can get involved. But, you know, reach out to your community, get involved in a, uh, a black or uh, people of color type of organization, charity, foundation. I mean, it doesn't have to be in link with the actual black is beautiful. You showing your support, going out, you know, giving your time, effort, creating that conversation all contributes to equality and respect, which is, you know, what this initiative is all about. That's awesome. That's really cool. And so, um, how, so how long have you been in the beer industry now? So, uh, we will be celebrating our four year anniversary next month. Awesome. And then total, I have been, yeah, total, I've been in the actual like professional, uh, brewing industry for five and a half years. And then, uh, yeah, like home brewing, I guess brewing total now at this point would be about eight years. Wow. That's incredible. That's awesome. Um, and then, so what's one of your favorite, what's one of the craft beers that got you started into enjoying drinking craft beer? Uh, so craft beer that got me started would obviously been Sierra uh, Nevada's Pale Ale. That's such a good uh, but then classic. Another, yeah. But then another, um, I can't get into these specific names, but we used to go to this place called Pizza. Mm-hmm. And they had, um, this was when I was living in California, and they had um, a house house tap, a beer. So it was like a brown ale, pale ale, IPA, um, I think an amber at the time, and a wheat beer. So we used to go there and drink all the time. Um, awesome. I really got into brown ales. I got into brown ales at that time a little bit, uh, kind of the wheat beers that I can't drink now. But then to find out later on, all those beers were brewed by Firestone. Really? So they were contracting. Yeah, they were contracting for this restaurant to produce their beers. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I didn't so, know. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were, you know, we were introduced to Firestone before I actually started drinking Firestone beers like that. That's awesome. So that awesome. was pretty cool, too. That's a fun little, yeah. that's a fun little fun fact, a trivia fact. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that that's coming up that you want us to plug for you? I mean, we have our four year anniversary coming up. Nice. Should be pretty fun. I'm gonna have some uh, fun collaborations with uh, some breweries that you typically would not see in the state of Texas. 
Um, like, uh, I'm really fortunate uh, to be doing a collaboration with Beer Stat Lager House. That's awesome. So I'm like, oh, I'm ecstatic about it. Like, people have no idea, like, how ecstatic I am to be able to bring Ashley here and kind of learn from her and set my lager game up. But we're going to so be doing cool. the sports beer for the yeah. We're going to be doing a sports beer for the anniversary. And I don't even think they do collaborations that often. So, you know, and we're completely different on the spectrums of beer, right? So, you know, we're into heavy barrel-aged stout. And then, you know, they're the whole aspect of making very traditional lagers. That's um, awesome. So to be able to, yeah, kind of do something with them is going to be amazing. Um, and then also included in that four-pack is the Saison from Jester King. Uh, we'll be doing a Goza with Sante Adarius, Rustic Ells. Um, we'll be doing um, a collaboration with our homies at Eastville Street locally. Uh, we'll be putting in one of our own beers within it. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, outside of that, our Black is Beautiful beer is starting to hit the retail market. So if you're in the state of Texas, um, check out your local HEBs and Walmarts. Uh, we hopefully to be expanding by the end of the year with Walmart probably hitting a national distro wow. if all things go well. Um, so, I mean, we'll kind of see what happens, but hopefully we have some fun fun plans in the, the near future. That's awesome. Congratulations on everything. This is really amazing. And again, thank you so much for coming on to Bitch Beer and talking about this. I know you're super busy and you're like hella famous now. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking <laughs> No, thank you for having me. Yeah, I try to take any time that I can to do these podcast interviews. You know, you look at a couple of years ago and I was doing like one or two podcasts a year. And then within like the last six months, I think I've done almost, well, it's been over a hundred for sure. But, you know, I still feel fortunate to be able to like come on these things and talk to people. And, you know, so That's anytime awesome. uh, people reach out, yeah, unless it's like a real schedule conflict, I try to do all of them. So I really appreciate you reaching out and, of course. and talking about the initiative and what we're doing. Of course. It's it's a really great initiative. I'm super supportive of it and very happy to be involved and promote it in any way that I can. So, again, thank you, so, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no problem. such a great conversation he's such a cool guy thank you all so much for listening to that there was a lot of background noise of course he's at work he's super busy I can't even believe he had time to sit down and talk with me so that was a super lucky and wonderful experience to find out more about the black is beautiful collaborative effort you can go to blackisbeautiful.beer and that gives you all the information that you need to know about the organiz- about the collaborative effort, different breweries involved, and also if you want to get involved, ways that you can help and how you can find other breweries in your area that are getting involved. So it's really fantastic. I love how it's catching on and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. I hope this stays around for a really long time. Uh, feel free to always send me an email, everybody. Email me, Instagram me. Um, I would love to hear which of your favorite variants you've tried of Black is Beautiful. I know I've had the one from Scofflaw that was really good. Arches, ugh, they knocked it out of the park. Pontoon did a great one with the Atlanta podcast. And also Good Word did a great one. And that's just only naming a few. There are so amazing. There are so many amazing breweries that are getting involved in this. So go ahead. I'd love to hear from you. Caroline at BitchBeerPodcast.com. Send me which which ones are your favorites or which ones you want to try. And if you have any questions about today's episode, by all means, I'd love to hear it. But 
I will be back in two weeks with another really great episode. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Cheers.